five inches of beauty. Hello and welcome back to the Vikings playoff edition of Hammer the Over. It is Wednesday, January 10th. I am Fred West. With me today, only Tom Milne. That's all right, because we are going to bring the uh, the Vikings jam here. We're going to bring the hammer. We're going to bring the hammer to hammer the over. Mm-hmm. Um, really, most of this, this episode is probably just going to be us talking Vikings, talking Saints, talking playoffs, talking... Heartbreak, talking. We're in football mode, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I honestly think that most businesses should be shut down in Minneapolis for like the next month. I'm not getting anything done. How much did you think about it today? Like, how it's, it's literally consuming me. That yeah, seems absurd, but it's consuming me. Most of my thoughts were were Vikings, well, especially after you texted yeah, me. Tom texted ta- me around midday saying like, I'm getting like super anxious for this game, and then <laughs> I, I just like immediately started sweating. Immediately got uncomfortable and like butterflies and nervous. Oh god! And the worst part is, and this is like maybe just like a little microcosm for Vikings and Minnesota sports fans in general, is like I go from these these manic super highs and like super confidence and optimism to like super lows and like it's never gonna work out. And I feel like that's just Minnesota sports fans. I've been doing the same thing. So like I I have these moments where I think and and I think like oh I get this crazy confidence. I'm like oh we're the best team in the NFL. I have nothing to worry Mm -hmm. about. Like this team can't beat us at home. Breeze won't Breeze won't be able to do this. Mm -hmm. They won't be able to do this. And then I think like oh my god like what if he just lays 400 yards on us and and, and Ingram runs for 100 and Camaro like catches two passes out of the backfield for touchdowns and and Forbath misses a chip shot to win. Right like like. I'm jumping off the roof head first. A broken neck, skull, smash. I don't know. We got we have And if I live, just finish me off. We have four more days until the game and I'm dead serious. It would be more beneficial for my mental and physical health if I could just put myself in a medically induced coma until Sunday at like three. Just bring me out about three, give me like forty five minutes to get like back to like my normal self. Fred, and that would be better for me. This is off the cuff, but I wanna read some of the texts that were exchanged between you and I today. Um it started I off, s- I know, with you just being like, I- I'm losing my brain. At, at 2 o'clock, I texted you, I'm going to pass away during recording tonight. I can't take the Vikes hype. I'm freaking out. I get butterflies every time I think about the game. That was four different text messages all of a sudden <laughs> within 30 seconds. Fred says, I know. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself for four more days. I said, I'm starting to stay up from thinking about it. I want to destroy them. 45 nothing. Kneecap them. Drag them through an alley. Yeah. I mean, it got pretty vicious. I, I, we, we, talked, we talked dismembering Mark Ingram in the backfield. I did. I said, I hope Linville rips his, his leg off. <laughs> um, so it got pretty, pretty graphic. This is actually another thought that I had while we were doing this exchange. And it's, it's an interesting kind of kind of... Difference between you said you were gonna puke on Sunday. Yeah, like, I might, but, but not just because of nerves, nerves, just from nerves, nerves. <laughs> just excitement. Like you know, when like little kids get too excited and puke. Like <laughs> yes. that, that, that might be me on Sunday. Just like I'm gonna get too excited and nervous and puke. Oh. But like, just a quick. This is also off the cuff. Something I was thinking about, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Like my level, like my mental stability right now is is all over the place, mm-hmm. and with a team that is. In itself, super stable and like a really good sound team. Right. Let's say you throw this exact team and give them to fans that have had like some success in the past, like the Packers or the Steelers. I haven't thought about this. Angle. Or the Patriots. Are they like completely confident in their team going in? They're like, we're gonna win the Super Bowl. If you're a Steelers fan and this is your team, like literally just change. You're saying to change the logo, yes. throw them in Steelers jerseys. Yes. No doubt, they're walking into this thinking. Yes, number one defense in the NFL uh-huh. at home yep. with a with a competent. Like a, actually, I would say Case Keenum is a good quarterback, mm-hmm. a good quarterback, a really good running game, and just an overall high functioning offense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think yeah. they, those like, fans, a lot of them would think this might be a blowout. Yeah, throw this team in Lambeau, and, and Packers fans are punching tickets. The way, they're right? punching tickets to Minnesota. They're buying flights. Yeah, they're, they're in. That's my. I was like, okay, maybe if I start thinking like teams that have won something before, uh, I'll, be, I'll feel better. It might just be like my own demons in the past. Speaking of demons, we might as well get this out of the way now. Yeah, it's top on our list, huh? Playing the Saints, which yep. brings up 09. Crossbody pass after the uh, t- uh, twelve men. Yeah, penalty. Far re- pretty much revealed today he was concussed during the game. I don't know if you heard that. It probably affected. I, I feel like at that point in Favre's career he was just concussed all the time. That's probably a good point. I didn't think about it that way. 
Um, but yeah, I don't doubt that. Well, uh, so I, I know I, I put this on the docket. I wanted to talk about like where were you? What were your thoughts? What happened next? I I um I personally I'll go first. Go ahead. I um I was at my parents' house. Mm-hmm. I had a bunch of friends over, mm-hmm. um, including Dave, who I know is a common reference on this. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a couple Saints fans who weren't really Saints fans. It just did it to antagonize the sure, Saints yeah. fans. Um, Guys that like Drew Brees or something, right? And you know, you, they, I mean, everyone remembers this about this game. If you remember it um, well, it, it was over. We drove down the field, Chester Taylor, nineteen yard run. Mm-hmm. We're on the twenty five, and then all of a sudden it unravels. You got the twelve yard, uh, sorry, the ten yard penalty for the twelve men on the field, mm-hmm. um, and then the next play, Favre easily could have dumped it off to Barry, and he just doesn't. He throws it over his body. Picked um, off. Saints. We stopped the Saints. We yeah, picked off. Uh, we stopped the Saints, and then it goes to overtime. And I remember even in overtime, a couple of things. The, the Lieber pass interference that was absolute. Excuse my language. Bullshit. It was. He didn't even touch a guy. Pierre Thomas almost fumbled on that third and one they oh, went for. Remember, remember that? The I ball like, literally could that, barely yeah. stay in his arms. And <sighs> see, and then all of a sudden, Garrett Hartley, who's done nothing his whole NFL career, has been a nobody for the two years he's been in the league. He comes in, he he, he cracks a forty-eight yard bomb on us, and it's. So the, it's over. I was at home as well. I was in high school. I think I was a 08, 09. I would have been a sophomore in high school. And so I was watching with my family. And my mom is like, she's not like a huge Vikings fan or anything, but she gets like super into like when they're good. And like she most of it's involved around like just football and snacks and, and shit like that. Sure. So she gets super. I remember she made like a whole bunch of snacks. And, you know, like we're excited. I'm probably like, I would say I'm the biggest. My dad's just a broken man. And he's kind of like... I, I think I told this to you last last week is when I was home for Christmas, I was like talking about how good they were when they were beating the, the Packers. He just was, refuses to let it sink into his yeah, brain and, and his he, heart. Right? He looked at me like dead serious and he goes, you're going to get your heart broken. <laughs> and I was like, you are a broken... The, Minnesota yeah. sports has broken you. So as as much as my dad's negative, he was a, he is a Bears fan growing up. You know, yeah. he, he converted when he, we moved here because he's like, I don't want my boys to be Bears fans. I that's love you. Wow, that's a big love move. You. Good call, Phil. Um, he's like actually positive. Like he's he's going into this with utmost utmost confidence. Yeah. You know who's the worst is my oldest brother Dave. Yeah, just he's thirty one and he's like, no, like yeah. he thinks we're good. Don't get me wrong, but like. He's the kind of guy who's just not allowing his heart to be broken by assuming we're going to lose. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, though, here's my thing with that, is even if you did that, if you tried, and this might have been Barrero, too, talking about this, is even if you try to tell yourself you're not letting your, yourself get too invested and too into Oh, he's it, in. Yeah, you're, you're still going to get broken. Like, you, you, you could say, like, oh, I told you not to get too, but you're getting on the inside Deep down, you're just as broken as I am at the end of this. At the end of this, he's run. he's or a liar, dude. He, he cares. So like, okay, my brother, for background, like doesn't really care much about any professional sports anymore. He doesn't like the NBA anymore because he thinks it's rigged. I mean, he'll he'll watch. He loves he loves to go for basketball, to go for football. But his his favorite by far, not even close to the Vikes. He's just trying to like show us he's hedging his bets. Yeah, I'm not buying it. Not buying he's going to be shattered. At this point, if you, lose. you can't. Be hedging your bets. I mean, I have my reservations about whether or not it's actually going to happen. That doesn't mean I'm not all in. I'm, right. I'm entirely all in. And then I want to get your thoughts on this. Is winning on Sunday, like, and I, they've talked about this on the fan all week, but is that revenge for 9 or is it, it, I don't think it is. I think it is. For a couple I, of reasons. So, okay, so I, I'll let you go first. What, why do you think it's not? A couple of reasons. Uh, the biggest one is that the... The stakes and the way, unless it happens in a way that's just as heartbreaking, you can't fill, like... You're saying, like, unless we hit a last-minute field goal on them? Yeah, or, like, unless we win the Super Bowl this year, or go at least go to the Super Bowl this year, it doesn't... Like, if we lose in the championship game next weekend, there's no revenge. It doesn't It doesn't replace the hole that's that, a good that, point. that that took out of me. I hadn't even thought... I'm thinking so week-to-week here, Fred. Yeah, you're, like, like, you're thinking and, ahead. Well, if it had happened the next year and we knocked them out in the divisional round and they have most of the same players and we have most of the same players, like then I'd say maybe that's some revenge. Like We knocked you out of the playoffs. They're essentially the same teams. But since it's been so long and we're, it's not for the same stakes, like if we get to the Super Bowl and, and heaven forbid, we win the Super Bowl, then like... Yes, this this makes up for it. But unless that happens, it doesn't doesn't fix it. So this is so this like leads. I, I hear you. I think it's a revenge game because of what I think is going to happen overall. And I agree with you there. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about it in that like in totality, like mm-hmm. in that in that 
form of, of line of what's going to happen. But you know, we have our next topic here, which is overall feelings. And dude, I, I'm in, man. Like yeah. I know I've said I'm in, but like I'm not. I'm not just in. Like I'm. I'm like hard in. I'm yeah. overall. Are you in? But and are you also confident? Yes, I'm. I'm confident that we. It's just this team is so not. Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It is so Minnesota in so many ways. Like you know, Keenum, Keenum is so Minnesota, yeah. and like the defense is like that feels yeah. like Minnesota. But mm-hmm. in so many ways, like Sim, he doesn't care about our past. No, he sent Zim a guy is- out to hit a twenty-seven yard field goal. He didn't hit it. He doesn't care. He's back. Two years later, he's back. Yeah, he gets a first round buy. Like there's we, no haunting here for him. Yeah, we haven't had like a Zimmer. I mean, Bud Grant, but, like, who? Yeah. none of us know about that. I but, mean, for all we know, he could have just been one of the six guys that knew about football in 19. But they had a, they had a, you know, Bud Grant, all things aside, Bud Grant made his teams really good for cold-weather football. We right. don't have to play any cold-weather no. football, do we? No. And, and it's in our building. I'm, yeah. The, I our feel building, good, dude. Our I feel building really is huge. Um, I feel really good. I'm going to be honest. I feel really good. I think we're going to win this game. I think this one's going to be more of a challenge next week. I think mm-hmm. next week, wholeheartedly, I think we face Atlanta. I think we beat Atlanta. I think that's going to be more of a butt whooping than people think it might be. Mm-hmm. I think if Atlanta might make Philadelphia look bad, but that's because Philadelphia is bad with Foles. Yeah. Like they just are bad It'll with Foles. I'm actually very interested to see that, that Philadelphia Falcons game because I, I agree with you. I think that Philadelphia has a lot of weaknesses that like Nick Foles just can't like make up for that maybe Wentz could and uh, but at the same time I, I don't know they, they're for a lot of the year their defense was supposed to be so good obviously the last like couple of games it hasn't looked as solid as the first 12 but I I mean if like the Eagles pull off the what is now an upset um Against Atlanta, that'd be great. I feel like oh, I'll go to Philly and play the Eagles. The only reason I don't like that is because um, Case, a Texas boy, played really bad against Green Bay, and I, yeah, that, that's I true. think that he wasn't used to the cold. Like I would have liked yeah, him to the, play the, a bunch more see, cold games. The Eagles scoring like ten point, like more than ten points on the Vikings. D? Yeah, that's a good point. Probably not. Um, Here's a uh, the next thing. You know, this is listen. I, I put this down. You know, I did. Yeah. I, I have a big problem with this. I think that the national media doesn't give Minnesota mm-hmm. sports, no matter where they end up, enough respect. How do you feel about it? How do you feel about well, the level of respect we're getting from everyone but the NFL Network? Because I love the NFL Network. They're giving us a lot of respect. So here's the thing, and I actually think it's a, it goes it's a little back and forth, like a little bit twofold in the Minnesota sports and the national. Um, sports media coverage and the respect that we get, and I'm actually writing quite a bit. Like I'm writing a lot about what we're talking about in a in the blog that's coming on Friday, the Freelance Friday blog. So check that out. But I feel like it goes like you can find that on uh, model284.com. Great point. Um, feel like it, like it goes two <laughs> ways. Like the reason that you you even care about the the national sports media is that you're looking for some affirmation that the Vikings are as good as they are. Like we're like grasping because we we know they're good and we want to be sure that they're good, and so we want people to be also saying that they're good and, like, have everyone tell us that they're good because we're so... Is that because we're, we're so used, insecure? Yes, we're, we're so, so used to losing and being bad. So we want everyone to say, like, yes, we're good, so, yes, like, I don't have to worry about yes, it? Yes, we're like the people saying, oh, like, I, do you think I look good tonight? Like, do you think I look pretty? Like, you need people to tell you that you look uh, pretty because you're used to not looking pretty. We're like the girl who just got cute before prom who just doesn't believe it yet, right? Yes, and she just yes, wants needs, the guy to needs just be a, like... We need a bunch of people to tell us that we're handsome men. She'll, she'll kiss the guy she went on to prom with as long as he tells her that she's pretty like a bunch. Yes, we need to be told because it's never had. We have never had it good. We need to uh-huh. be told that it's good. But I do agree. I think that like for a lot of the season we've been kind of like NFL writers have been looking for another team in the NFC that's better than us, and like each week like they'll lose. Like they like, oh, all the Rams are the best team, and then like. The Rams will lose. We beat the Rams. They're like, they'll say that the Eagles are the best team. Then Carson Wentz blows out his knee, and now they kind of suck. So that's what. So now that they're on, they're on the Saints now, they that's think the why, Saints are the best. Team. I know you're right. You're totally right. But that's why, like, that's why um, I feel so confident. As much as I am nervous, and I'll be honest, like it, it, I'm torn, and I probably go, I'm, I'll go up and down during this entire podcast because I feel this way. We'll be all over the map. Right. We'll be all over the map. You, we knew that coming in. You yeah, know. That's where my brain's at. Yeah. But that's why um, I feel so strongly about, like, deep down when I talk about, when I think about where we're at. Yeah. They're, they're doing that because it just 
we're that good, and they need something to talk about. Because mm-hmm. they can't just keep talking about what it is we are. Yeah. We don't have holes. Kai Forbath is probably our biggest hole, and he's actually a pretty good kicker. Yeah. Like, he's a solid kicker. He. I mean, that's scary, though. I mean, just with our past that our kicker's I know, like, but that means like hole. That means, like, you, you, so when you look at the – and we're going to go through this, and I don't want to get to it yet. But if you look at the other teams, even the Saints, it's like there's glaring things you can look at and be like, yeah, you got problems. Yeah. Like, and we don't have problems. I think, yeah, I think as far as teams go, we're probably the best, like, team left. The issue being, like, and in the NFC. Are you saying that officially? You think we're the best team left? I think we're the best team left, but I don't think that means that we're, like, the most likely to win the Super Bowl. NFC or NFL? NFC, for sure. The, the, The problem with the AFC is, like, you can't separate having Tom Brady from having the, like, they're the, they're so together. Like, having the best team, having the best quarterback and the best coach, like, in the NFL makes you probably the best team, even if you have other holes. Yeah, no, I I think we're easily the best team team left in the NFC. Um, I feel very strongly about that. Then again, anything can happen in a game, and I think we're going to beat the Saints, but... You know, last time we lost to the Saints in the NFC Championship, it was, it was fumbles that killed us, and that can happen to anyone. Um, I have a hard time. I, I agree with you. I have a hard time saying that. I also don't think that we're the best team left, period. Um, I think we match up well against Steelers and the Patriots. Um, one of them just happens to have the GOAT. Yeah. So um, I know we talked about this, Fred. Past demons. I, I said this. Well, what I want to talk about these past demons is could you and there's a scenario that could play out. And it's really not that un like unheard of. We beat the Saints. We beat the Falcons. We beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl. Right. That's knocking off some serious demons all in one one run. For those of you not familiar with the demons, you got the 09 NFC Championship with the Saints. Mm-hmm. You got the 1998 mm-hmm. NFC Championship with the Falcons. That was a 15 and one Vikings team, folks, that lost at home because Denny Green put his foot off the gas and then. Banked on Gary Anderson, who, who had, hadn't missed all year. Hadn't missed a single field you goal all year. You can bank on a guy who hadn't missed all and year. And he missed a 38-yard field goal uh, to send us to the victory. Instead, we go to overtime and lose that game. And then the Steelers beat us in the 1979 Super Bowl, I believe. Super Bowl number three? Yeah, it was a... Mm, it was Bradshaw and the, the gang. Yeah, Bradshaw, by the way, See, just a quick, quick tidbit, the the most historically poor statistical quarterback of all time to win four Super Bowls. Not yeah, even close. That's tough. The the thing is, like, and the the Falcons one is like for me, like obviously that's like right at the point of like my memory, like just in general happening, like right. seven years old, and it's like not. I think it's more of at this point for people our age, it's more of just like. Like the pinnacle Vikings thing that's happened, it's less of a memory as as like the the Saints, you know, um, or even I mean, going back just two years ago to the the Seahawks and Blair Walsh, it's less of like a painful memory as it is just a um, like like a painful knowledge that that like we that this has happened to us before. If you know, if that makes sense. No, I I agree. Um, but now you want to go into some position by position, specifically. Vikings versus Saints, who's got the edge at each position? We'll start it off with the quarterback. You got Case Keenum versus two future Hall of Famers, uh, Case Keenum <laughs> and uh, Drew Brees. Uh, I think, obviously, we try to be reasonable people here. You got to give the edge to Drew Brees, who gets the edge in most QB matchups with people not named Aaron Rodgers and Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. Yeah. No, it. Rodgers, uh, sorry, and you just said Rodgers. Uh, Breeze gets the edge here. Um, statistically, you actually would think they're pretty even. I think Case ended up with 21 and 7, whereas Breeze is like 23 and 5. Uh, touchdowns and interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, Breeze was phenomenal last week. He's coming in hot. He's one of the best quarterbacks of all time, easily. He's like fourth in yards. Yeah, He's up there in touchdowns. He gets the edge here. I don't think, and I've watched a lot of people talk about this over the week because I've just been obsessed mm-hmm. with these videos. Of people, you know, I can't stop we watching talking stuff. The, the the completion and Breeze's record in the playoffs. Yeah, well, I, we we absolutely, uh, yeah, I'd love it to mention that next. My my point was this: I don't think it's as far away as people think. I don't think that there's a drop off between not maybe there is as an individual like maybe we just caught lightning in a bottle we got yeah, case like this year as far as what the quarterback position means for both teams or like how they both are able well, to how they're going to produce yeah. I think case produces 
as good, if not better, stats than Breeze possibly in this game. Yeah. And that would give us the edge. Now, obviously, Breeze gets the edge by mm-hmm. being Breeze versus Keenum, but that's just the what other I think. thing that, that, again, and I've said this all pretty much all year long that scares you about playing someone like Breeze is that in a one game playoff scenario, if he just goes off, which we all know he can, the season's over and mm-hmm. we don't get to see all those other, you know, those model type like runs with a bunch of simulations where we end up winning games. Right. But and what I was getting to and I and has been mentioned several times is that I think Breeze, I threw this out like, Yeah, Breeze is one in five in his playoff career when he throws more than like thirty four passes a game. And game. and he's which, one in four on the road. Which is crazy. Um that being said, I, I kinda doubt that he's going to throw more than thirty four passes in this game. I think he will, and I think that he'll lose another playoff game. I just think that they need that Superdome. I, I think they need yeah. that Superdome. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Let's keep going through the... So now we got running backs, obviously. the And it's it's interesting for the Saints this year is because, obviously, they have Drew Brees, and they have that, that in the past, that crazy explosive passing offense. But their offense has been predicated largely on the running backs of Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. And then on our side of the ball, you've got... Jet and L Train, uh, McKinnon and uh, Latavius. So, I, and we had talked about this before the show. I think again, you, I, I personally give the edge to the Saints and right. the running backs, but it's closer than you think, and they're actually set up very similar. I like um, the, the whole game plan of their running back crew and ours is pretty similar. I, I agree completely. Actually, I think that you've got the Thunder and the Lightning, like we have. There's mm-hmm. literally their nicknames. I think Mark Ingram on the Saints side is the Thunder, and I think that Camaro's the Lightning. They definitely have the edge. They're the better pair. Um, I, I once again agree with you. I think it's closer than people think. I think we mimic them in a lot of ways by, by how we use the two of them. Mm-hmm. McKinnon in the pass game, Kamara in the pass game. Now I know that um, Ingram's probably caught more passes than Latavius. Latavius not a bad pass catching back. No. The Saints take the advantage here. The delta between the two, not as big as people think. And just for some some stats behind that, we've got CEO Mark uh, slash super producer Mark to, to pop in here. For thanks for joining us, Mark. Yeah, thanks for having me. Quick plug here for your stats, guys. Um, Alvin Kamara's number two ranked by Pope Football Focus and Jarek McKinnon's number 11. Uh, Mark Ingram's 23, and Latavius Murray's 29. Yeah, and if I mean, just overall from the, the rush yards like statistic, obviously there's more to it than that. It's like how much you get per, per rush and how much, you know, there's more stats to this, but the Saints were fifth in the league with 129 uh, yards per game, and the Vikes were seventh in the league with like 122. So, I mean, right. they're... they're Pretty comparable. Edge goes to the Saints. So we got the Saints with the quarterback and the running back. We'll move over to tight ends. Obviously, the Vikes have big country, Kyle Rudolph, and the Saints have something called Kobe Fleener. So I think we're going to go uh, Rudolph on that one. Yeah, Rudolph is um, – actually, Rudolph's been, I think, underutilized by Keenum, but that's because if you can throw to an open wide receiver further down the field, why wouldn't you do it? Mm-hmm. Um Bradford loved Rudolph, and Rudolph had more catches last year. Rudolph is one of the best tight ends in the league. It's not even close, like compared to some of the other guys. And the drop off in like the top ten tight ends and the yeah. bottom twenty yeah. is really bad. Yeah. Um, Kobe Flanner was supposed to be a more impactful player for the Saints, and he hasn't really been that way. Actually, the guy I was thinking about, I'm kind of more worried about, is Josh Hill. Last week, Josh Hill had four catches, fifty something yards, and. And um, a touchdown where he was wide open on the touchdown. But Fleener, Fleener's been average, and Rudolph takes the cake on this pretty easily, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I like Rudolph. I, yeah, you're right. He's not quite as uh, big of a focal point in the offense without Bradford, but he's still, you know, like a talent wise top end wide receiver talent who can make big plays in big spots. So I like Rudolph and the Vikings and the tight ends. Uh, then we got wide receivers, and this is. Um, I mean, I know how you and I feel about the Vikings wide receivers. Well, wouldn't everyone? I, yeah. Before we go into this, I want to say, if if you take the Saints wide receivers on this because of the flash and that kind of thing, you're just being objectively stupid. I agree. I do like Michael Thomas a lot. Of course. Um, Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn essentially will just do top two. Uh, Coleman's in there as well. And then you've got Thielen and Diggs. And I, there's just... 
it's hard to find a better like wide receiving core in general besides maybe the Steelers at this point. Um, Juju and yeah, yeah Antonio Brown. Antonio Having Brown. Antonio Brown gives you like like fifty extra bonus points. Right. But I mean Thielen and Diggs are just so consistent, and it's it's game every game week in and week out they produce. And a lot of times it's both of them. It's not even just one of them one week and one of them another. So a lot of times both of them are producing. I don't think you've seen many games with Thielen under like fifty yards receiving. Nope. Um, they're going to get their their touches and they're going to get their yards and they're probably going to get some touchdowns this weekend against a relatively weak New Orleans secondary and inexperienced, especially in the postseason. New Orleans secondary, love them, love the matchup. Vikings all the time. I do too. Um, I feel the same way. Diggs and Thielen, by the way, uh, for the stats plug, I got a couple of things for you that I that I've read and noticed over the year. Um, Diggs and Thielen, I think Thielen's like number four pro, pro football focus wide rated wide receiver, and Diggs is somewhere around seven or eight or nine. Uh, CEO Mark, I think would would confirm or deny that. Well, close enough. Close, close enough. enough. Yeah. Um, so they have been consistently rated throughout the year. I don't know if they finished this way as a, as the top combo based uh-huh. on Pro Bowl Focus rating. Um, beyond that, Michael Thomas is great. I, I want to take yeah. nothing away from him. He's a very talented wide receiver. Michael Thomas is number two Pro Football Focus rated. So yes, very, I, I like Michael Thomas a lot too. But we're and talking was, about the position group as a whole. Yes, and I think our position group as a whole is better than theirs. Um, I wanted to I wanted to point out one thing too. I read this um, as a as a knock on Case Keenum, and I thought this was the most, one of the most nonsensical knocks I've ever heard. Apparently, Case Keenum has thrown to the most open wide receivers all year of anyone. That's a stupid knock on a on a No what are you shit. supposed to do it? Of course that? you're gonna throw. Like everyone's like, oh his wide receivers are always open. Oh yeah. Does he get him the ball? <laughs> Isn't that his job? If if was what, it if, when, hey Zero Ah oh, man <laughs> why'd you throw it to Thielen? He was so open. Why'd you throw it to Diggs you know in what? coverage? Now what? that now that you told me that I'm I'm starting to think maybe we throw Teddy in. Yeah, I mean, just make things more difficult so you can throw in tighter windows yeah, and exactly. not make the right decisions. Yeah, that's stupid. That was, if, a, if the that was used as a knock on the Vikings this year. The, the case came as good because he's been throwing to open receivers. If How you had people open, can't. you would throw to them yeah, too. If, even if like even if Case Keenum like isn't as good as as his receivers are making him look, which is likely a like a byproduct of how good his receivers are. Right. I think we can all admit right. that. Who cares? If they're open and he's hitting them, if the if the stat was he misses more open receivers than any Problem. other quarterback, we have an issue. Right. We don't have an issue if he's hitting the open receivers. I'm, no. Last I checked, that's the whole point of the forward pass. I, I, I I'm so excited that he's hitting really open receivers because that means our receivers yeah. are getting open and he's giving them the ball. Damn. Which is like the most important those, thing. Yeah, I really like the way he's playing, but he keeps hitting those open receivers. Darn it. Real bummer. Gee dang it. Uh, offensive line, and this is where you're probably going to have to take over because I'll be honest, I don't know much about the Saints' offensive line. Obviously, uh, we get um, much improved offensive play all year from the Vikings. Yep. The Achilles heel of the team last year is, yep. as we talked about with Eric Eager, average, which is a huge improvement from last year. Um, I'm comfortable with the offensive line and what we're going in with. The thing that maybe to keep an eye on is the Saints are going to bring a bunch of pressure. They love to blitz. They love to try to hurry the quarterback. And so the, the offensive line is going to be a key factor in this game, and I, I'm i confident that they can get it done. You think you're going Vikes on this one? I think I'll go Vikes, but that's only because I don't know much about the Saints offensive line, and I watched last weekend's game, and they weren't overly impressive. So I'll, I'll say this. I think that most people would say this one's a wash. Um, I, I'm going to give the edge to the Vikes, and I'll talk about that. Um the, the Saints lost uh, Andres Pete in that game, their left guard, starting left guard. Oh, yeah, like a broken leg. Um, and actually, going into the season, I think most people would have predicted the Saints have one of the worst offensive lines in football, and, and they didn't think they'd be able to block for Adrian Peterson. Ha-ha, Adrian, have fun at home. We don't miss you. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I think they've played well, just like we have, and that's what makes us tough. But I think that we've got more talent than they do. They've got a, now a, a backup plug at left guard, just like we do. Yep. But I really like Searles. Um Given how well we've played and how poorly their offensive line has actually played on the road, I, I give the advantage to us. I, I like our five guys. I even like it with Searles. I, I couldn't name every single person on their line either. I know that one of their starting guards, uh, maybe Mark and spot check this for me, I think he went to the Packers this last year. I can't remember his name. Um, and, and, I mean, 
you know, I'll read them out loud here, actually. Um, they've got Ryan Ramchick. You know, he, he's actually a good player. I, I know him. I recognize his name. Larry Warford. Max Hunger, he got, they got them from, uh, him from Seattle. He's a good player. Uh, Anders Pete's out. Um, and then Taron Armstead, something called Taron Armstead, something which I, Taren I've never Armstead. heard. I think the combination of Reef, Searles, Elfline, Berger, and Remmers is, is a better combination. So I know you're not necessarily supposed to do these uh, these types of things when you're just trying to to compare units, but like you could almost just compare our defensive line versus their offensive line versus you know their defensive line and our offensive line, which we'll get to the defensive line now. Let's do that right here. I mean, here. they've got uh, Cameron Jordan, who's a stud. He is. Um, he's, he's the guy, he's there ever since. He's the guy, though. He's there ever soon as how as best as I can describe it. But they don't have the, the depth and the, the four across. They don't have a no. Linval. I don't think that they have no. um, uh, Daniil. They don't. They don't. They haven't ever seen. We Nobody's got a Daniel. Nobody's got a Daniel. That's a good point. Daniel's well, arms terrify me. We could go back to like early two thousands. The Titans had Javon Curse. True. He's essentially a Daniel. You know his his kids or his cousins. Well, nephew was on our team. Javon oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got his hat. Sorry. Um, real. Anyway, uh, I like the Vikings defensive line mostly because I like the Vikings defensive line better than almost any defensive line. It's. Maybe they're bread and butter on defense, and that's a defense with a scary good uh, safety and the best shut down the cornerback. And the best cornerback in the league. And their defensive line might be their best unit. Uh, so the Vikings get the edge here, definitely. Again, we talked about how the Saints are going to bring a bunch of pressure, and Cameron Jordan's going to be a, a factor all game. But Vikings get the edge here for sure. I, I definitely think the Vikings have the better defensive line, and I it definitely I love that you brought up the, the matchup versus um, – the, the groups facing off each other right. against each other. The Vikings have a heavy edge versus their... It's just hard to separate those two things. I mean, the Vikings' defensive line versus the Saints' offensive line is a huge Vikings win. Absolutely. 100% agree. Just because of our offensive line being that good and their defense... Their, I'm sorry, our defensive line being that good and their offensive line being, you know... They, they played really Yeah, they played average at best, and they, but they've, they've opened up big run holes but against... Crappier teams. I give the I give the D line overall versus their D line the advantage of the Vikings. Um, I definitely give our D line a big time advantage over their O line. Um, I might give their O uh, their D line. A, they're going to give us a hard time, but I, I'm 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 confident that's enough of a wash. That's we'll going be okay. to be that's going to be an interesting matchup because I, I the, our offensive line needs to be good enough for Case to get. Um, those big play throws off that we got in that first game against the Saints, that their secondary is susceptible to give up because they blitz a lot, because they have an inexperienced secondary. These are the kind of things that you need to exploit. I mean, they're going to go for the big plays. They're pretty much the like opposite defensive team that we are. They go for the big plays and the turnovers and the sacks. Just like the 0-9 team did. Yeah, and we, go f- we play bend-don't-break, solid-sound mm-hmm. defense, rush four, play coverage, have Rhodes shut down their best wide receiver, have Harry be a beast, and they go for like big plays, big turnovers, big sacks. So it's gonna they're gonna have to put up enough of a a, a fight against their defensive line for Keenum to be able to get those big plays off, to be able right. to exploit them coming with more than four. Right. Um but I think they can do it. I think yeah. I feel good about that matchup. I, I think it's funny, Fred, as we look at the rest of this, and you, you know, like you do, you're introducing, but I don't think it's even close, and I think we could just rattle these off real quick. Yeah, the, the linebackers in the secondary are Vikings wins for sure. Um, I mean, what, Manti Teo's playing at their starting middle linebacker. I didn't think it was a man. I yeah. thought it was a woman. Like, I mean, I thought we, I honestly. Who remembers, real quick, who remembers the, hey, Manti? I miss you, ding dong. <laughs> I don't. It's Lene. <laughs> Ewald loves doing that one. That's a that's a classic bit. It was on the power trip for a while back. I honestly thought like until a couple of years ago when he was playing for the Chargers, like because he didn't play that much like right away for the Chargers, no, yeah. and like when he started playing like in like consistent snaps for the Chargers, I thought he had been dead after Bama ran over them in the the college football bowl game. Really? I thought. 
I thought he was like we like left him on the field and we decided that Manti Teo was done. You got you got catfished and you can't play football anymore. Yeah, well, no, they like I do you remember like in the hole there was like one specific play I feel like and I don't remember who the running back was at the time. For, crushed him for Bama. Yeah, he was like stuck in the hole. Was that Ingram? It may have, I don't know. It was Ingram. It was someone that's definitely oh no the guy who fizzled out with the Colts Browns. Oh, uh, Richardson. Yes. Yeah, Richardson just ran him over in the hole and just, like was. he wasn't there. And I was under the impression after that play we just decided that Matt Teo shouldn't play football anymore. But I yeah. guess he's the starting middle linebacker for the Saints now. Um, yeah, obviously Kendricks and Barr. I think Barr's going to have a monster game. Um, and then the secondary, Harry Ro- Rhodes on Thomas is going to be a huge matchup. He obviously shut him down in the first game of the year. Too Dif- physical. Yeah. Um, different teams. The, the Saints are a different team now, but I, that matchup is still the marquee matchup. And... Um, Again, that kind of could dictate a lot of the game. It's yeah. just Rhodes and, and Thomas. So I'm with you on that. You know, even though Gideon is like the weak spot, I still think, you know, Barr, Kendricks. The nice thing about Gideon, though, is like I, I haven't like ever been like, ah, we're, oh, Gideon, we're screwed. Oh, you blew Gideon, yeah, yeah. yeah, He's been fine, yeah. which is pretty much all you need to be on that defense. Right. If you're going to be the weak spot of the defense, just be okay, and he has been. Yeah. Same thing with Waynes. Waynes has actually been good. You're right. No, that's absolutely true. I, I give the linebacker edge to us, and I actually think one of the keys to the linebacking crew um, in the overall game is, you know, they can't run to the outside. Bar is too fast. Mm-hmm. That's it, going to be difficult for them, and Kendricks catches up real quick too. They're they're going to have to try to ground and pound it up the between the tackles, and that's going to be tough for them. And the linebacker group is a heavy favorite to the Vikings. The defensive backs is a heavy favorite to the Vikings. I don't care what you think about Marshawn Lattimore. He's a very good player. He does not stack up against um, the entire rest of the group for us. Mackenzie Alexander is playing really well. Trey Waynes is playing really well. Xavier Rhodes is the best corner in the NFL. Don't at me. I don't care. <laughs> it's ridiculous for you to think otherwise. Harrison Smith is actually the best safety in the NFL. Yeah, Harrison Smith is easily the best safety in the NFL. That one's not even not even close either. The, special, you know, the, the defensive backs is a heavy Vikings favorite. And if we can do things to confuse them, we'll make it look even more apparent. And then we've got special teams. Uh, which actually I think could be a um, an advantage Saints on this one in the special teams batter. They've got Ted Ginn and Camara that return the punts and kicks. Um, I forget. They've had the kicker for the same longest time. It starts with like an M. It's on our thing. We can just look it up. Punter Thomas Morissette. That's what I'm thinking of. Their punter all Thomas Morissette. Pro football focus, all pro team. And Will Lutz. And Will Lutz. I know Will Lutz. Will Lutz is not a great kicker, but he's good enough. And I, I don't know. I Maybe it's just, again, my like little Napoleon Complex Vikings fan thing coming up, but I don't trust Forbath. Like, I give the entirely. edge to the Saints. I'll give it to the Saints. I'll give the edge one. to the Saints as well. And then we've got the coaching staff. Uh... Zimmer versus. Um, so I have a pretty strong take on this, and I think that, his name? Uh, Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Holy crap! I have a pretty strong take on this, Fred. Um, I think Zimmer is the favorite. I think the Vikings are, and I think it's very specific to what it is both coaches try to do to win games. Mm-hmm. Zimmer's saying my philosophy and the things I'm doing throughout the game are going to beat you, whereas Sean Payton says I need to take chances mm-hmm. and take risks. To beat you because I need to fill in the holes that my team has. I choose Zimmer. Being, I think Sean Payton's a great coach. He is a great coach. I don't mean to take that away. Great from Great offensive player, but he play takes caller. chances. He takes the, that fourth and, fourth two, and two. That he takes chances to try to win games. Right. Whereas Zimmer says, "I don't need to do that." Right. He's like my entire coaching philosophy is going to do that for me. Essentially, exactly. It's going to take care. Of, I agree. I think. Well, I think Zimmer's the second best coach in the league behind Bill Belichick. So unless they're playing the Patriots, I give the edge to Zimmer until he shows me otherwise, which he hasn't in three years now, I, I, he's, he's, he's winning that every time unless it's against Belichick. Agree. Uh, full game, we've got the, we'll just do a quick rundown here, QB, Saints, running back, Saints, tight ends, wide receiver, offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, defensive backs, Vikings. All Vikings. Special team Saints, coach Vikings. I Honestly, it, it feels like a lot heavy on, on the Vikings, but I... That's genuinely how I feel. Well, position groups, right? And they win the quarterback matchup. They win the running back matchup. Um, those are two very important things, and I think that's enough to make it a close game. Yeah, and I think that there are places where it's pretty close, like wide receivers. That's pretty close, and it's a strength of the Vikings, so obviously that's a strength of the Saints as well. All right, Fred, what's your prediction overall? Full game overview, I think it's going to be 24-13 Vikings. 
at the end of the day. I think the only way that the Saints score enough to to make this like a an act like a real close game and potentially a Saints win is if they get like a, a special teams or defensive touchdown. I just at home at the bank first playoff the game vault. At, first game at the vault. I like that. That's first, what Common Man calls the vault. I like that. Uh, first game at the vault um, at Valhalla. Um, I just think that there's no way that they they can put up points on the Vikings defense with the home home field. I think that we're gonna be raucous, intense. Um, I don't think Zimmer's ever game planned more for a game in his life than this one. He knows he needs to win it. He knows he should win mm-hmm. it. Um, I, I said this. I know that you know Doug's gonna give me crap for this. I said twenty four points is the magic number. Twenty four points, I think, still is the magic number. It's twenty four points. If we score twenty four points at home, mm-hmm. we're not losing. I think we win twenty four uh, to seventeen. I think they get some garbage time touchdown. It doesn't really matter, and then it's pretty much over after that. I don't think they score more than ten meaningful points. I I agree. I just I mean, and in my head for some reason, I have this like picture of us like scoring on our first drive on like a big play, like Diggs or Thielen on like a sixty yard like bomb. I would love that. And then I have like a like a right after that turnover, we get the ball back in the like, in Saints territory. We go down and score. It's fourteen nothing in like the first ten minutes of the game and the place is just going bananas. And like this could be completely just fan fiction Fred's brain, but I can like I can picture it so clearly, I feel like it's already happened. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting a little lucid. Here. I actually love that, and actually that'd be funny in, 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 in due time. You know, all the stats. I know this is a stats podcast in parts. The stats would say that Keenum's been missing a deep shot for about mm-hmm. uh, four weeks now, and that given his rate of deep completions in the first three quarters of the season, he's due. He's due. He's due for one. He's like due. Almost like you always say, Jay Cutler, due for a pick. Case Keenum, due for a big-time a completion. Ball. I love that. So I like it. Um I think we win, and uh, I, I feel really good about it. As much as you know, I say that I'm dying inside. Everyone, I want you to understand. Yeah, that. there's blackness in my heart, but it's uh, it's hopefully going to be over overcome with happiness by like seven o'clock on Sunday. Um, Want to just run through the other games in the NFL quick, and then we'll get to our quick hypothetical with our friend um, Churchy Dan. Uh, Patriots and Titans. I don't think there's anyone in the world that thinks that the Patriots are not going to win this game. Um, I think it's like a 13.5 point line. Let me check that quick. It's, yeah, 13.5 point That's favorites so for the Patriots for in the playoffs. Game? Well, they were like that last year against, uh, who was their first game? I'm not going to be able to remember, but they were like 14 point favorites in their first game last year. Like, oh, Texans. You're going to get, the, everyone is saying, the money line, the betting line is saying, you are going to lose by, by two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. <laughs> Two touchdowns. That's brutal. Uh, you've got the. Hey, what about this though? What if they? What if? What if uh, one of the Tennessee kicker or the Pats kicker like misses an extra point and then it's yeah blows the 13. line. Thirteen. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to be close at all. No. Uh, Eagles Falcons the other Saturday game. Uh, Falcons three point favorites on the road. I think Falcons win that game, but I'm I'm interested in like the sort of disrespect level. Is disrespect a strong word to give the Eagles right now? But they are the number one seed in the NFC, and I don't think there's a lot of people that are putting their serious money on the Eagles right now. Yeah, I think it's you know, I'm talking money line, not plus three. I would yeah. actually maybe take plus three Eagles. I'm gonna go with the Falcons, but this one's gonna be closer than I think a lot of people think. Other than I, I, I let me let me be honest about this. I fully expect the Falcons to win. Mm-hmm. I will not be surprised if they lay a butt whooping on the Eagles. That being said, the Eagles have a lot of pride. Mm-hmm. They are a very good team They're overall. At They're at home. Tough place to play in Philly. And Foles can be a good quarterback. Yeah. He can play like a good quarterback. Yeah. He's played like trash ever since his one good season, but he can be a good he quarterback. He has been a good quarterback. Right. Um, other game on Sunday before the Vikes play, Steelers and Jaguars in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh seven and a half point favorites. Um, that's actually not as bad as I thought that would be. Yeah, I I don't know. See, Bortles the, had 50 yards passing the first half last week. Well, he week. only had like he had more rushing yards than passing yards. Ah, in the that's game. a joke. Um, but their defense is so good that it'll keep them. I think it'll keep them in the game for a while. Obviously, Pittsburgh's I think going to win. Right. Um, 
I would love to see the Jaguars pull it off. I'd love to just see Jacksonville just keep winning. I have nothing against Jacksonville, obviously. Wouldn't would be great to see them in the Super Bowl somehow. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think Pittsburgh's got that game, probably win handily. And then Vikings on bet online are five-point favorites right now. Um, like, yeah. Oh, they moved to five? On mine, It yeah, was four and a half five. this morning. Yeah, probably five four now. and a half at other places. I, but. I know that this is, like, stupid, and we're looking, like, you know, we're, here we are doing it again. We're looking for any reason for somebody else to tell us that we should win this game. Yeah. But Vegas is Vegas is Vegas a little is Vegas. different because Vegas doesn't lose. Now, granted that like five points, I think is it kind of almost scares me how like much money is coming in on the the Vikes. Because correct me if I'm wrong, they started at three. It was, it was three and a half. A ton. It was three and a half. Started a at three and a half, and a ton of money is coming in on the Vikings to move them up one and a half points. In I'd like three to bring days. CEO Mark in here uh, real quick to tell us what real quick. Why? Why? And what has to happen, like money wise, for the blind to move that much in in early stages in a week? Uh, you usually have like uh, significant, like it's just going to be significant bets on it. Pretty yeah. much every, like eight, at least eighty percent usually to move the line that much in that like time yeah. period. It's just. It's also not that weird to see big line movements early right. in the week, right? Well, the, For a playoff game like this, though? The other thing, too, playoff is... Playoff games, you're right, but there's just, like, less data on them. So, like, usually every year there's a couple that are like this, but... So this one can be explained purely by a lot of money coming in on the Vikes over the last couple of days. Like, people trying to take advantage of the three and a, the, the yeah. three start, right? right? So yeah. the other thing, too, is, like, the, like, Vegas is smart, and they know who's placing their bets. So if certain sharp players will put a bunch of money early... On like a three and a half, that's their the bet or the odds makers cue that maybe they went a little low. Mm-hmm. So I think if if these guys are putting a bunch of money right away because they want to get in there before it changes, then we may have messed up. So that's when the line moves. Gotcha. Yeah, I just thought that, that was and a bunch of money. Curious, and, and I like the trend. Yeah, I like the trend too, and obviously, just more closer we get to the Super Bowl, the closer we get to the. Mono, I would say mono we mono, but it's really just a it's like probably like a twelve on one matchup between us here at Model Two Eighty Four and the rest of the 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 group versus our friend Quinny Church, Connor Quinn, Quinston Churchill, uh, the man with no soul, um, and the what I think is the Patriots plant in Minnesota. We talked about this before, but he he's comes- the physical embodiment of a Patriots fan, and I think there's one in every and, NFL city. Right, and he, and here comes the big question. Do we kill him? Do we have to? Does he have to die? He might. If if the Pats play the Vikings and they win, do we have to kill Church? If the Pats play the Vikings and the Patriots win, I think we may all have to kill ourselves. Yeah, but we we could probably just take kill Church, Church instead. Yeah, 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 we all die. Yeah, we all die. Everyone yeah. dies, including someone's Church. dying. Yeah, someone's got. Here's the thing. Maybe the, it's Mackie. The thing. The thing that I'm not going to be able to stand <laughs> is the difference in. In um, demeanor, well, let's just say we'll play in the hypothetical world. Vikings are playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl. The difference in demeanor between us and Church is going to be the most sickening thing in the world. Like it matters nothing to Church. Yeah. Like yeah. Church is going to walk into that game so confident, cocky. I've already got five of these. What do yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another one. And like, then great. The, mm, the, what might be even worse is that the Vikings won. He'd be like, "I'm happy for you guys. Happy, yeah. I, we, yeah if he game. does, if he does that, I'll honestly tweak." Yeah. Like, in all seriousness, we're obviously not gonna kill Church, but maybe. Well, yeah. Um, Crazier things about. But if he like, if he like, acts like he doesn't care that we just beat him in the Super Bowl, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll punch him. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would have to like. The, oh, I'll we, chug so many golds in his face. We'd have to like watch the game with him. Uh, we could not. Oh my god. Giving oh. myself anxiety just thinking about it. Uh, that'll do it for. NFL playoffs and Vikes, unless you got anything else you want to get in there. I think, yeah. That's that was fun, Fred. One. That was a great. That was. Um, uh, lighter NFL news. John Gruden out of the booth, back on the sideline. Ten years, $100 million to coach the Raiders. I mean, he's it's been rumored about him going any which way for like the last five years, basically, trying to get him back on the sideline. Right. People forget. I mean, he was a pretty good coach. He won a Super Bowl. He's a great coach. You know, he he got screwed by the Tuck rule and the the, the yeah, that's for a Super Bowl. yeah, that's true. None of Church's dreams would ever have come true if, if the Tuck rule hadn't happened. Yeah, 
He was. I mean, he's a good coach. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, like he, like the, there's some reverence to him that I don't know if it. That's just time, right? Like he just, you stay away long enough, and people are gonna start wanting you more, right? And start remembering the good things a little bit better, the bad things a little bit less. And I actually think though, for the situation he's going into, like a guy like Gruden is gonna be awesome for that team. Like team that underachieved but has pieces. He comes in, just gets everyone firing on all cylinders. I think they'll probably win a lot of games next year. I agree. Um, I think the contract the contract is supposedly very backloaded. Um, if you're if you're uh, Mark Davis, you just wanna get him on board and you're like, just dude, here it is, man. Yeah. Just have it. Uh, yeah. Take it yeah. and do what you want with it. Um, we trust you. Well, he's getting Derek Carr. He's getting Khalil Mack. He's getting mm-hmm. a lot of really good talent. Cooper Crabtree. Cooper Crabtree. They're like Crabtree grow actually. That was one of the. Oh really? Yeah. I actually didn't hear that. I love Crabtree. But Gruden's a good coach, and it, I, I'm not saying he's not going to be like a god there. No. But he'll be a good coach. He'll make them win, and the contract is probably a little absurd. But maybe towards the end of it, we won't feel that way. Yeah. Plus, I mean, I think it's a really good move for like. John Gruden's one of those rare people that like everyone like agrees in the NFL that we like. It's a we like, guy. yeah, we like John Gruden. Right. So moving him to Vegas with a new team right. is gonna that's that's gonna sell tickets. People are gonna like that. Um, college football championship was Monday. Alabama beat Georgia twenty six twenty three in overtime. Tua Tawa Tua Tua Tag Tagio Tagvaloa Tagvaloa Freshman quarterback for the. Uh, Alabama Crimson I heard them Tide. say that so many times. Me too, and I just, just didn't, yeah. didn't pick up, didn't stick didn't with me. He's from Hawaii. Actually, one of the things I wanted to talk about this is a funny, like, Alabama message board deal where some guy on, like, Alabama fan where they were talking about Tua and, like, how he was the number one recruit in the country a year ago, and he's coming to Alabama, and he said, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to have him. I'm just a little bit worried, like, whether or not the language barrier is going to be an issue. Guys coming from Hawaii, man, they, they speak English there, too. Like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> That's honestly so embarrassing, yeah. that guy. Well, he, he probably genuinely thought, like, Hawaii, he, I would give this man I don't know the benefit of the doubt and say that he knew Hawaii was part of the United States, but he probably thought that they just, like, don't speak English Like, kind of like all. a territory situation? Yeah, they, like or Puerto, uh, Rico. Puerto Rico. Like, but, like, the people in Puerto Rico definitely speak English, like, like better than a lot of Spanish-speaking countries, too, because, I mean, they're part of the they're United Americans. States. They're Americans. Yeah. It's, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> no, um, yeah, I, it's, um, I, I'll be honest, it, we're getting into it next. I watched a lot of the Wolves game that night just because it was so incredible. Um, I saw it to his pass. It, it, that was an unbelievable moment. Great play. Great he made a him. couple of the tying touchdown too. Nick Saban, man, he's, he's incredible. He he pulls his the guy who won him a national championship two years prior. Yeah, two years, right? Or, or was well, last year? Yeah, I don't think he was on. Hurts, yeah, no, Hurts. Hurts won. A, was he on that team? Yeah, Hurts won. He's a junior. Hurts won one for him. Okay, at least one. Well, either know. way, it was his quarterback all year. Right, may or may not. He pulls he, it. He, yeah, he, he says, pulls "Oh, him. no questions asked." For a freshman game of the year, play. it's like it's like pulling Case in the Super Bowl and putting in a Bradford. <laughs> That's which I maybe, but no, we're not going there. No, but you know, like, like, Nick Saban's incredible. Yeah. Alabama, I, that sucks. I don't want to see them win anymore. Did you hear this stat too? This is thrown out on part of my take. If you were an Alabama player that has stayed for at least three years from 2000 until present, you've won a national championship. Nick Saban can go and recruit players and say, you will win a national championship for me. He's been able to say that since 2000. Wow, it just seems like insane. Like that's like it's crazy. Not possible, but that's okay. Yeah, wow. <laughs> like yeah, you go into their house. You say you're gonna win a national championship. Yeah, you like, co- if you come and join my team, you're gonna yeah, win. You a stay for three years. You'll Coach will I play? Cha- I don't know. You'll, you'll win, win a national, national championship. championship. You'll win a national championship. And then yeah, you mentioned that same night the the Wolves played the Cavs and smoked them, and they've been hot recently. I'm just gonna let you kind of lead the way here, as the uh, without Evan, you're pretty much the Wolves guy. But uh, sounds like they're clicking on all the the right cylinders at all the right time. Maybe a little. It's never too early, in my opinion, to click though. It's like if you you just play well when you play well. Like what what are you supposed to do? Like not play well until it matters. But they they look good, and uh, they're in starting to get into that conversation for the best team besides the Warriors in the West. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're only a game behind the. 
uh, Spurs at this point in time. The last month has been really fun. The last month, and obviously the beginning of this month, has been a blast. Um, since I think it was, yeah, uh, December 3rd, they're like 13 and like 3 or something like that. Um, it's been a blast. And actually, I know we've talked about this on other podcasts. Um, they used to be like really frustrating to watch. Not like frustrating to watch anymore. It's actually like fun. Mm-hmm. Other teams score on them and things like that. But they don't like screw up the easy stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Cats playing care. better defense. Cat since since Joel Embiid told him he was basically a bitch. Yeah, that he's played like unbelievable defense. He's both. He's a two end player. He doesn't get too selfish. He doesn't like worry about getting his. He still gets his, but he's not like oh the second I can touch the ball if I haven't touched it in a while I gotta shoot it. Mm-hmm. Um, Wiggins had his slump in December. He's broken out. Of it, he's been shooting a lot better lately, and he's doing everything and, too. Like and Tyus Jones, Tyus Jones, Tyus Jones. Uh, I, I'm sure Mark has it. I, I can't remember. We sent it to our group um, for for starting fives. You know, he's got enough minutes now with the starting five with him versus Teague. He has the best plus minus. That starting five is the best plus minus in the NBA, and it's not even close. It's 25, I think. Mark, can you double check that for me real quick? I don't have the actual number off the top of my head, but yeah, they are first. They're first. Yeah, first, and I heard a stat something that like LeBron was like minus thirty something that night against the worst the plus minus he ever had. That's crazy. They pulled him. He had ten points. He barely got ten. He got ten. No, listen, the Wolves are doing everything right. You know, they're starting to click. They're starting to gel as a group. It's no longer just Jimmy playing superhero ball. It's like, hey, everyone's on board. Everyone's playing well. We don't have to play just superhero ball. Jimmy's going to keep doing that. He's still crushing. He's still having huge games. Mm-hmm. But it's like everyone's like, oh, I know how to play with Jimmy now. Yeah. And if, if well, these three can figure it out. I mean, and it's hard when you're in it as, like, a fan. Obviously, I'm a little bit more on the outside. Um but like we had talked about how this happened with this happens with other teams that have huge overhauls. Like it happened with the Heat. They were like five hundred through their first like twenty games or something that when LeBron came. Mm-hmm. Like it, it this is not like rare to see teams start to struggle a little bit in the beginning when they haven't played together and then figure it out later on in the season, which seems to be what's happening in Minnesota. Yeah, and it, it's gotten fun. That that Cavs game the other night. I said this to a bunch of people, and I don't think this is an overstatement. I think this is legitimately true. That might have been the best game overall that we've played as a franchise ever, given who we were playing. Yeah. I mean, we held a consistent 30-plus point lead on them the whole time, and that team has been to the NBA Finals last three years in a row. Yeah. That's pretty much exactly what it was. With the guy who's played in the NBA Finals in the last eight years. With the best player in the NBA, arguably the best player of all time. Now, I think Michael Jordan still owns that, but... You can say it. I LeBron. mean, if you, don't, if you don't say arguably the best player of all time, you're kidding yourself. Right, Because exactly. he's arguably the best player of all time. And we shit on them. We, yeah. we dominated them. Hey, that's fun. And like we were talking about before, and I think, I don't remember if it was, I think it was Barrero, talking about how like fans at Target Center didn't, Fully know what to expect. And I was saying, like, people don't know. It's like, wait, should I clap? Like, is this good? We have a 20 point lead against the Cavs in the first quarter. Like, oh, yeah, what should I do? <laughs> I was sitting at a buddy with uh, at, at the Fremont watching uh, the national championship in the Wolves game, and he was like, Yeah, this looks great, but like, watch this though. Fred, blow you it. love the Fremont, don't you? That's oh, it's dollar burgers on Monday. I know. I need to get we need to yeah. tackle that together. Exactly. It's a great, great gig. The, the dollar burgers on Monday, it's almost like stealing. I mean, you got to buy a beer, but like. Twist my arm. <laughs> Twist my arm. Oh. Twist my arm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Wolves look good. Everything's Everything looks almost a little bit too good in Minnesota right now. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> it's like everything's looking so good in Minnesota sports. Like Jimmy, wild, Even the Wild Jimmy's are playing Jimmy's going to blow out his knee. Wiggins is going to get arrested for having 20 pounds of pot. And then the Vikings are going to get smoked by the Saints. That just seems like it's All of this it. by like next podcast will just be completely uh, crushed. It will be so depressing. Last thing we got is five minutes of research. This was this was thrown in by CEO Mark at the beginning of the podcast. He we, was, were, we were scratching for one. We were scratching for one, and he, he just said, can Fred – he said, I wonder about this in general, just like what like Trump – where our president, Donnie Trump, came from, like how he – Ended up as the president of the United States. Good old and Donnie, as me, I call him. Being not as versed in these kind of things, I'm not even going to do research on this. I'm just going to go from memory what I heard, and I'm going to try to timeline this from Donnie's birth until president of the U.S. tweeting about how he is a genius and actually a stable genius. At I'm, that. I'm 
extremely excited for this. So I'm okay. extremely excited for this. Okay, so from my understanding, Trump's father was a real estate mogul in New York. Correct. He made a bunch of money. I don't know exactly what kind of real estate. Hotels, perhaps? Hotels know. and such. Real estate. I'm fact-checking you afterwards. Okay, yeah, good point. Uh, made a bunch of money, like billions of dollars. Trump... Being his son, sort of inherited that, and also the the business of being a, a um, real estate kind of mogul type person. I don't. There's like here's where I get a little murky. Is there's like mixed, like whether or not he himself is very good at it, or whether or not he kind of just kept the whole thing afloat with the money he was given. It's because he always says he he took what he had and made a bunch of money off of that. Some people I've heard say that he actually didn't do that great of a job. I know there's some bankruptcies that have happened. I also know he tried to start a university, Trump University, which <laughs> from my understanding that was, went well. was basically just not a university no, that was, people was, paid for. And bad. then he took money. But I don't know where – if anyone actually attended a class at Trump University, I don't think so, but I'm not positive. And then there was The Apprentice. I'm not really sure, again – why he got that television show, but that was like a big show for a good decade. People were, and then there was the Celebrity Apprentice, and people would come on there. I also you think, yeah, you fade. He did the you fade. You fade. I, I remember you, I, my family used to watch The Apprentice like way back when, like in the beginning stages of it. And I remember watching people like running around trying to like scramble to put deadlines together for like catering parties or something. I just love how everyone's just always been like, oh yeah, Donald Trump. Like, oh hey, he, he's it's, it's pretty cool. He's yeah. got a great story, but he's an asshole. Like, yeah, we've always just. Known he's yeah. an asshole. Like no one's ever contested that well, he's just an asshole. The other thing too is, I mean, I, and now it, it's even ridiculous. But even back then, his hair was absurd. Like he had like the sweeping comb over thing. Yeah. That, you, could you imagine like how much more seriously he might be taken if thirty years ago he had just like accepted the fact that he was bald and just shaved <laughs> his head, and then he'd, be, he'd just have been bald this. Yeah, whole but he'd time. still be orange. He'd still be orange. Yeah, and his eyes would be white for some reason. Yeah. Um, and then. Uh, he he has a bunch of golf courses too. I know that. Yeah. Um, apparently he's a pretty good golfer. Drives on the green. Um, like literally drives the golf cart on the green. Uh, and then like, several years ago he teased some some presidential run stuff. A lot of people thought he was joking. Then he said he entered obviously before the primaries. Still ridiculous. Everyone was like, this is pretty absurd. Like no way. He gets the Republican nominee. Then eventually he just kind of bullied everyone off stage. I think Jeb Bush is still, like, picking up the pieces um, from yeah, that whole dude, exchange. He, I think he hurt Jeb Bush's feelings permanently. Yeah. And then uh, he somehow is our president. And that's where I'm at with my Donald Trump You're timeline. pretty much spot on with everything. The one thing I will say, you know, besides, um, you know, the semantics of everything, which I actually agree with you on, uh, he, he did make something more. He inherited an unbelievable business, without a doubt. Like, he would have been a millionaire... He did turn that business into like a billion dollar business. He deserves credit for that. Like he is a he is a good businessman. Now he's the, the bankruptcy. Oh, thing. he wrote the art of the deal. Yeah, and that's a horrible book. <laughs> um, he deserves credit for the business thing. He did a good job with that, I guess. Um, maybe it was easier than people think. I don't know. He turned it into like he made himself a billionaire. From yeah, like he is a, a billionaire from a couple million. He definitely had a great start. He went to the military academy too, which is. And he, then he went to Wharton afterwards. He graduated from Wharton. Really? Which, you, you can't be stupid to graduate from Wharton. Unless maybe it, somebody paid off his professor or something like that. Um, but he's 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 Donnie. I mean, he's just always been an asshole. You're pretty much right about, like, everything. Funny thing is, he was a registered Democrat for a very long yeah. time. And then he just kind of flip-flopped, went independent, and then all of a sudden, you know, I think he knew that he could take advantage of the Republican base hmm. um, by convincing him that he was something that he isn't. Which is someone who cares about them. Sorry, you know, that's just how I feel. I don't think he cares about the common I don't think there's a lot of people that actually think that he cares about them. Actually, uh, there are probably, but he like... He pretty much just cares about himself, so he got, he's got that going for him, though. He can't drink water like no, a normal person. No, that's really weird. Also, he doesn't drink booze. He's never drank. Ever. Ever. I think he had, like, an alcoholic family member, and he's like, mm, not for me. Fred Jr., his older brother, and his dad... Both alcoholic? So Fred... Fred Jr. died of an early death in 1981, who, or it says it was believed to be due to his alcoholism. So, yeah, Donnie's a teetotaler. Wow. Um, he does have the Diet Coke button on his desk, That's which a real is button. real. Yeah. Um, 
He's obviously an egomaniac. He might be crazy, maybe. I just think he's just a world-class ass. Like I've said before, I struggle with it sometimes because he's he, he, he's got some decent ideas sometimes. Yeah. But he's just such a horrible person. It's just really tough. But overall, you're pretty good on your uh, My Donny timeline? Yeah, you're pretty good. That was, that was, that was pretty darn decent. He's right. got a lot of kids. Um, kind of feel bad for his kids. Oh, Sometimes yeah, you don't he, feel bad yeah, for his kids. Yeah, you have uh, Ivana, and then he Ivanka, named his yeah. daughter Ivanka, which is absurd, by yeah, the way. Yeah, and he, try, he he talks about how he would, like, Marry have her? sex with his daughter yeah. if she wasn't his well, daughter. Like, who the hell says, like, besides all the Donald stuff, that's just weird. Gross. It's really weird. It's really gross. Really weird. The, I want to say, like, it'd be like if... I can't even think... It, it'd be like if someone named... John named their kid like Jen, and then was like, "You're hot." Yeah, I don't know. It's just like weird to name. <laughs> it's weird to name your kid almost your name. Like it's like you don't want to do like your name, but like you did pretty much. Ivana and Ivanka are just way too close. It's weird. It's really weird. All right. Well, hey, this has been a blast. Yeah, we Fred. Uh, we did it. We got through. Now we just have to make it to Sunday, and hopefully through Sunday and onto next week. Last minute, we still we. We both think bikes are prevailing. Vikes still. Nail oh, we're doing the uh, we doing the where you think they end up long. Yeah. W- finish of the season. I think still, and it's probably going to be this way until it changes. I think they lose the Super Bowl. I um I have a hard time disagreeing with you. I think that I think if I'm being honest, I think they lose the Super Bowl. But why not just say they win? But if we're in the game, then it's just like when you're in the dance, it's just like it's time to dance. And if yeah. you, you get a chance to dance, you gotta take advantage of it. And yep. hopefully they do. So cut a rug. All right, that's it for us this week. We'll be back same time next week. Go check out Model Two Eighty Four for all of your gambling, fantasy, football. He's got those one weeks still going. Check out what the the nerds have got pumping out, and then the Friday freelance uh, sneak peek of it. It's gonna be uh, pretty much. How I feel about being a Minnesota sports fan. Skull likes, baby! Skull.